the night at 10. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We are live in Middleton this morning, the original Sunrise Cafe. It is Casper and Chris Hometown Breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. It's always great when we get a big crowd starting to show up. Um, the part that's the downside of that, it gets a little loud. And what now? Do they not know we're trying to do a radio show here for crying out loud? <laughs> do they not care? <laughs> Apparently not. Um, uh, with us live here uh, at the original Sunrise Cafe, uh, gubernatorial candidate Ammon Bundy is uh, with us live. Ammon, it's uh, fine, uh, finally nice to get a chance to meet you in person. Absolutely. Glad to be here and good to be in here in this little cafe. It's a lot colder out oh. there than it is in here. Exactly. Now you have been just as busy as can be lately. Tell, tell us what you've been up to. I've just been traveling all over Idaho. I've uh, traveled about seven times around Idaho. We've held over 200 town halls in the last year and a half. Wow. And uh, we've been packing the, the rooms everywhere we go now, getting a lot of momentum, a lot of support. You see a lot of uh, different support. I mean, even here driving around the Treasure Valley and some of the areas as far as signs and things like that, where are you seeing some of your biggest support uh, in the state so far, can you can you pick and choose where that? Uh, you know, there's are? Uh, no. I mean, we're getting really uh, good support up north uh, here in the cities. You know, we, every town hall that we've had, we've uh, packed the house. And out in Idaho, we did have to do a lot of, or excuse me, eastern Idaho, we had to do a lot of uh, work out there. But uh, boy, we're getting a lot of support there as well. Um, one of the questions that we asked uh, Governor Brad Little, who was on with us yesterday as we got underway yesterday, I want to ask the same question of you, uh, according to a survey that came out in the Idaho Statesman. I'm not sure if you saw it or not. Um, but one in three Idahoans uh, in that particular survey said that uh, they think that there was enough fraud in the 2020 election that uh, President Trump actually won that election and that Biden is not necessarily the legitimate president. Um, do you believe that there was enough fraud in the last election that the election should have been overturned? So I'm very much a, like an evidence guy. I mean, I don't want to. I don't just go off of face value or because right. somebody said something or because there's a hype about something. Uh, but I have to tell you, after I watched the 2,000 mules, I really started to, you know, consider and look at what what is happening, especially with the melon ballots. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I do know and believe that there's enough evidence out there to show that there was some major, major concerns uh, with the elections. And it's just it's just right there. Go look at it. Uh, go, you know, go watch the 2,000 mules. And then uh, I think a couple days ago, the FBI arrested a bunch of those people that actually, um, you know, put together the 2,000 mules. And to me, that's very concerning as well. Uh, because uh, I don't trust the FBI, and I have good reason not to. Um, <laughs> you would expound on those reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, my, my I mean, my, we could go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, have you ever read a newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not the first time. It's not the first time. Well, and, and we only have about a half an hour here to talk to you, so that's a rabbit hole that we can probably save for another time. Yeah, well, I mean, just to, I could sum it up in a, one sentence. They they withheld 3,800 files of exculpatory evidence in our case and caused it to be dismissed with prejudice uh, in the both the Ninth Circuit and, and in the dis- I, District of Nevada. I do recall Mr. Navarro saying that, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so... Um, if elected next week, next Tuesday, if elected, uh, what do you see? Give us two or three or maybe four 
of your top priorities for your first 180 days in office? To settle this matter with abortion, uh, absolutely. Um, it's now become a state responsibility, pushed down onto the states. I, I plan on settling that matter and ending and, that here in Idaho. Go, go a little bit further. How, well, do, how do you want to see that uh, First, through executive order that I will declare that life begins at conception. Uh, and the you know executive branch of government will uh, need to protect that life just like they do any other life. Uh, and then, of course, working with the legislature to get that uh, in, in our statutes and even constitutionally, if that's possible. I know that's a tall order, but right. that's certainly something that I'll work on. Um, also, elimination of property tax, our current property tax system. Um, I do not believe that our property should be leaned by the state because we don't pay them. Um, I believe that there's better ways, and I've, I've talked about this uh, many, many times, there are much better ways to fund the legitimate purposes of government uh, rather than uh, leaning our properties and, and having to pay a property tax on that. Um, and then the big battle of uh, getting back our lands here in Idaho. Idaho is 61% federally controlled. We haven't been able to pay our own bills for over 38 years. We have to go back to the federal government every year. And that's because we don't have control of our land and resources. So we don't have, the state can't generate the tax revenue, uh, both in, in, in our land-based taxes and also in the sales tax in order to pay our own bills. So a little over 30%, about 36% of our revenue comes from the federal government every year. And it comes with strings attached to it, uh, heavy strings. Uh, and it's causing the state to be pretty much a, a subsidiary of the federal government. And that's not the way it was designed. I remember uh, hearing when I was a kid, you know, if everybody's in charge, nobody's in charge. <laughs> yeah, Specific exactly. Specifically, what would you like to see done uh, with our federal lands and being taken over the state? What would that look like? So one is it's causing a lot of problems, including uh, our, our uh, uh, affordable housing crisis right here. We, you know, the, the next generation is looking at the reality of not being able to afford a home in Idaho. Well, we're landlocked. Why are we landlocked? Because 61% of the land is being controlled by the federal government. So I do believe that we need to take these, some of these lands around these towns and these cities and be able to annex it in so that more uh, development is available and not development that's on our agricultural land. Because right now we're building homes on the agricultural land and we're destroying our number one industry here in Idaho, which is agriculture. Mm -hmm. And you can't get it back after you build homes on it. And there's no reason why we can't save our agricultural land and build on the hills and the areas where you can, where you're not going to be damaging the agricultural land. But we we're we're stopped from doing that because the federal government won't allow us to. Uh, and then our uh, forests and our you know hike, hunting, hiking, camping area. We're talking about 33 million acres the federal government controls in Idaho. So that kind of gives you some perspective. And we need to preserve the uh, our forests and our uh, you know areas that we access and hunt and hike and fish as multiple use lands so also opening up to logging grazing uh, uh, mining uh, that's how that land was developed and the hunters know that they use the logging roads to hunt and uh, and I believe that that's what we need to do and that should be held under the jurisdiction of the county there should be legislation to make sure it's not sold so that it becomes and remains, uh, if you will, public lands, but administered by the, the counties and the states. What, uh, oh, obviously, the election coming up on Tuesday, what is the biggest difference between you and your opponents? 
Uh, there's uh, quite a big uh, difference. I think if I was to like pinpoint uh, Governor Little's uh, views, it's it's the purpose of government. I believe that the purpose of government is to be there for the people. Um, I don't believe it should be for big businesses or for government to grow. Uh, I don't believe it should be there to, you know, use as your pet project and, and to spend money for the things that you want to spend it for. It should be there for the people. Um, there's a uh, vote next Tuesday on the uh, ballot, Constitution, change the Constitution, the Constitutional Amendment, uh, to be able to call uh, the legislature, be able to call themselves back in session without having to uh, have the governor do it. Um, what do you think, how, how do you feel about that uh, amendment and changing it? Well, I think the legislature is supposed to be an equal branch uh, to the uh, executive branch. And uh, during the COVID uh, lockdowns, they weren't able to, quote unquote, call themselves in session because the governor said that he has that power and that control. And uh, uh, I, I think that we would have gone a long, lot further in ending Governor Little's lockdown because the, the legislature wanted to do that. At least it appeared they did. And they were not allowed to uh, convene. And so, uh, yeah, I think the legislature, as an equal branch of government, should be able to call themselves into session, should be able to do some of the business that they need to do without the executive branch controlling them. Now, you mentioned the uh, lockdown. Would you have been in, in favor of the governor, say you were governor last uh, during the COVID time, would you have been in favor of the governor being able to mandate that no private businesses um, allowed to clothe themselves or to not have a vaccine mandate like we've seen some of the hospitals. Would you be in, in favor of that type of mandate? Is that what you're talking about when you stop, say, stop the closed lockdowns? Well, he, he declared some businesses non-essential, some businesses okay. essential. I mean, they had to close their doors. People in Idaho were arrested for having church. Pastors were arrested for having church services outside. Mothers were arrested for taking their children to the park. Hundreds of people were arrested for coming to... Uh, community meetings without masks. This was all part of Governor Little's lockdowns. And absolutely no, I do not agree with that. That's not, he doesn't have authority to do that. And that's not his role. That's not the role of government uh, to shut down a private business. We are talking with uh, gubernatorial candidate Ammon Bundy today. We're live at the uh, original Sunrise Cafe. We're in Middleton. We're going to take a quick break here. We have more on the way coming up here. KBOI News Time is 847. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And we were at the original Sunrise Cafe. We are in Middleton this morning. Gubernatorial candidate Ammon Bundy is live in person with us. I don't know if you're going to have a chance. You're probably pretty busy uh, just five days ahead of the election. But I would suggest sticking around for breakfast afterwards. I don't know if you've uh, tried it out. Yeah, I might do that. I might do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a little about something you had brought up. Uh, property taxes is one of your uh, top priorities. And I will tell you, um, I've been doing this show for uh, coming up on almost four years. Chris has been here uh, much longer than that. And every single year during the legislative session, property tax seems to be one of the most wanted things that the citizens of Idaho want to have taken care of, especially for people who live on fixed incomes that are older, getting priced out of their homes. Where, where do you see, you had mentioned that, that that would be one of your priorities. Where do you see, if you're able to get rid of property taxes, as you mentioned, where would that money come from to fund some of the things that property taxes now go to? Yeah, so, well, I, I believe that uh, the only way to moral, 
morally tax of people, and I and I say that you know with parentheses, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's through a consumption tax, and so I uh, I w- am proposing that our current property tax system, which allows the state to lien our homes and all the things that we don't like about it, mm-hmm. be replaced with a consumption tax at the point of sale. Um, and so that that's that would replace our, our revenue coming to our local communities, our counties, uh, for our sheriff's departments and schools and so forth. And I've done the math, you know, old, over and over again. I've I've broke this down many times, and it it's a very popular thing. And it, it's just a better way to do it. You know, there's we we have a hard time. We get stuck in the ruts, thinking that this is the only way. Uh, there's a better way to do it, uh, and and it protects our private property and keeps uh, mostly the elderly people from losing their homes. Right. Now, you said you've done the uh, math. What would you see the sales tax going to that rate to be able to cover that? So I've, I've, I have uh, basically just done it for property, okay. uh, just property, and it, it need to be around 4 or 5% uh, on the point, at the point of sale, and uh, that replaces our current property tax uh, uh, revenue. And uh, and you know then the state or the county and the and the school districts and so forth have the funds they need our sheriff departments and uh, and it's uh, it's another way to uh, to generate revenue but also make it so you don't have to pay on your home until you die. We've got a listener who has written in Ron from Meridian, and he wants to know if uh, you have any uh, worries about getting things passed once you are governor since you are an independent and wouldn't therefore have a viable party behind you? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, the legislature uh, needs good leadership. It needs vision. Um, the governor has to sign every bill anyway, so of course they're, they're going to want to make sure that the, also the governor is involved in these things. I mean, the legislature can't pass a bill without the governor, and the governor can't pass a bill without the legislature. So there's this automatic need to work with each other, and I have a lot of friends that are legislatures. Um, and so uh, I, I don't uh, worry about that, and I think a good vision and good leadership will resolve any uh, conflict that might be happening between the governor's office and the legislature. Um, Governor Brad Little said that uh, predictions are from the budget office that there will be uh, a continuing budget surplus if everything keeps the same. I mean, we don't know what's going to go on in the future, but there should be around a $2 million budget surplus over the next five years and there's an advisory question on the ballot this year on whether or not people want to see that um, going to education and a return uh, on their tax money what would you like to be seen done with uh, the rebates or or not rebates maybe you want it spent some other way with the surplus well i i want to be you know clear to people that uh, this budget that we have is a is a fake fake surplus uh the governor took 18.7 billion dollars from the federal government and prior to that, we hadn't been able to pay our own bills for the last 38 years. And he's propped us up like uh, Idaho is doing really, really well financially when it's just not uh, if we didn't get it from the federal government. So we have money, yeah, to spend, but it's because we're getting so much money from the federal government. And I don't believe that's fiscal responsibility. Alan Bundy, thanks for taking a couple of minutes uh, with us. I know you're, you're going to have a very busy five days uh, ahead of the election next week. Uh, good luck in uh, the uh, election next Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you very much. KBY News Time is 8.57. Phone lines are open. We'll talk to you coming up here next afternoon.